Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of A Plus Anime Writers Room. My name is Ian Brichel, and this is not my creatively cunning co conspirado NATO. This is actually somebody new, and somebody not only new for the audience, but also new for me, because this is our first time ever talking online voice, but we've done tons of chats over Discord, and this is my good friend, Johnny. How are you, bud? I am great. How are you? I'm doing great. Johnny, what's your last name? Is that even something that you want people to know? Is like, th- no, this is the thing. Like, yeah. Like, tell me. <laughs> so it actually is Hayes. And like the whole reason that oh. my uh, Twitter name is Johnny Hayes with two H's and Hayes spelled H-A-Z-E is because when I was like 13 or whatever for setting up social medias, my mom was like, well, you can't use your real name because it's the internet. And there's like, you know, people can find things on the internet. And I'm like, that's a good point. So I just slightly spelt my first name wrong and added, like, my actual full name on my birth certificate is just John. So it's just okay. Johnny, and then that's spelt wrong, and then my last name is also spelt wrong. So it was, like, different enough at the time, but now I've just had it for so long that it's become branding. So <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with accidental yeah. branding, that's what I always say. It's like the orange beanie. The orange beanie was never a conscientious mm. choice for me. It was just like I was lazy and I didn't want to brush my hair. And then it accidentally became a thing. Um, so interesting. I like the fact that your last name is also a Twitter weed handle. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah. you, you add a 420 at the end of that name and you got an Xbox Live name. Yeah, oh, 2012. It, it 100% is. And I totally didn't realize it until it was way too late for me to do anything about it. But you know what? That's the silver lining, I guess, is that like mm-hmm. it was completely age-appropriate back when you oh, did it. Oh, yeah. So in reality, it works out both ways. Yeah, I was never like, this is what I want to be associated with me. And then everyone's like, hmm, all you do is tweet about cartoons and are up really early in the morning. Are you sure? And I'm like, guys, please stop. Like, <laughs> Are you sure that you're not a weed person? Yeah. Your last name is Hayes. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, let's kind of get into how we know each other, right? So I don't even know how we originally got acquainted, um, but over time, you've kind of just been a part of our community from, it feels like from the jump, right? It feels like, like where, it. It's all yeah. kind of a blur. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But like, if, from your perspective, how did mm-hmm. you kind of get acquainted with us? And then how did you kind of become a I don't even know what the right terminology is, but you are definitely someone who is active both in our Discord, also now in the art Discord that we created. We're going to be talking about that in a second. Um, And now you have kind of become someone that is so prolific in our little mini community that you um, (laughs) have become like a part part of the actual team, you know? So like, tell people, yeah, I mean, it is a welcome Um, addition, obviously. But tell people how it looks like from your side. It was just from what I remember kind of starting out with being like active in all the like kind of funny not discord but like their twitter circles and then just Mm -hmm. finding people through there and then i think the big turning point when i was like being vocal about it because i was just kind of like like i had seen a couple of the different okbeast like video essays and stuff that had been put up and i had Mm -hmm. been like following the channel but then i started like actually talking in not this year's extra life, but the one before, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I want to say that was the first moment where like people kind of recognized who I was, mainly because mm-hmm. I do remember getting a text from some point from Moises that was just <laughs> like, "Holy shit, you're the good boy from Extra Life!" And I was like, "Yeah, I've been the whole time." And he's like, "That was like four months ago. I totally didn't re- like clue it together that that's the same person." 
So I yeah. think that was probably the first time that like people noticed who I was. And then mm -hmm. my goal once someone notices who I was is pretty much to not shut up until they don't forget who I am. <laughs> and I think that's what my it's Twitter a solid is. Strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of what, what NATO my... does too. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I kind of think that that's more or less what my Twitter is, is just that I'm like active in doing stuff. So mm -hmm. when you're active in doing stuff enough, then people start to kind of recognize who you are. Mm -hmm. Like So tell me, speaking of stuff that you do and speaking of being active, what is it that you do currently? I know you're a student and I know that you do mm -hmm. animation. Uh, is it at like a SAGEP or is it at like a full animation school or like, you know, what's, what's that about? So right now I'm in portfolio season, which is basically me trying to actually get into the full on programs because I'm... The school I'm at right now has like a one-year bumper program, basically. So I applied mm -hmm. for their full, like, four-year animation last year, but didn't quite get in. But they recommended me to this one-year art fundamentals program. That's okay. like running over to the idea is that because the portfolio is scored. So say I got oh, like okay. a six. It's like scored out of a hundred. Say I got like a sixty-five when I applied last year and you need uh -huh. an 85 to be considered, the idea is that after this one year, that it'll build up all of your skills so that you can get that average higher to get into it like the next year. So I'm currently hoping to be able to go to school for four years. <laughs> based Fing off fingers of crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Lots of work. Everyone out there in the A-plus and OKB's community, send Johnny your energy. Thank um, you. But yeah, so like you, more than anybody else, I feel like, does have the i guess right to talk about like animation quality and like art sort of stuff and like design uh because we talk out of our asses every single week and we have <laughs> never been to animation school so now i feel like we have someone who is a budding animation person who now kind of can kind of get in at the ground floor of a plus anime and kind of talk about talk the good gospel i guess um yeah. thank you i don't know if mm -hmm. i would say that from myself but that's more because i'm like kind of at the very start of any of that like, I have animated. I do know, like, how certain things work. But also, like, sometimes I do the same thing I feel like a lot of people based on this show do. Where you look mm -hmm. at it and you're like, I don't exactly know why, but that's, like, really pretty and I really like it. So, <laughs> yeah, accidental yeah. accidental genius, I guess, is yeah. the right way of putting it. Um, but, yeah, so I guess, I guess the way that you and I kind of got acquainted was is that I have my degree in product design. And uh, I've been trying to get back into art. So I've always known who you were. We've always been like pretty close and tight. We always message mm -hmm. each other back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but recently we've been much closer because we started this little art community on uh, our Discord. We have. Um, the name of the Discord is All Right Art. If anyone else out there in the Apple Anime community loves doing art or stuff like that, hit us up for that. Hit us up on Twitter for that. And Johnny, this is a little top secret because this is being recorded before February 1st, a little peek mm -hmm. behind the curtain. We have an official A plus anime Twitter handle now. So cool. if you want a link to, if you're listening out there and you want a link to the discord for the art stuff, uh, hit us up on at A plus anime on Twitter, A-P-L-U-S-A-N-I-M-E for that full link. But uh, Johnny and I have kind of been pushing each other and uh, critiquing each other and looking at each other's art. Uh, with more of a positive critical lens mm -hmm. and that's kind of how we've gotten much closer over this past like two months or a month and a half yeah. um By and the that's way, kind of where i was at yeah discord we do you think it'd be you know it's funny we're about 20 or 30 people deep now and yeah. no one has suggested hey shouldn't we draw something that that isn't is just the default font aa 
over a yeah. little gray bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're creative. We're not smart. That's yeah. the thing. Um, that is kind of our biggest flaw. Um, but yeah, since we've been getting closer on that sort of uh, Discord community, I wanted to bring you on and just talk about this show. Um, and I know that this has been a long-winded explanation to what the show is, but I'm going to give you the rigmarole, even though I just did earlier today. Uh, so A Plus Anime Writers Room is a place where we wanted to show our creativity, storytelling, and our love of anime together with some of our very talented friends. Inspired by tabletop D&D shows, webcomics, and writing podcasts, we wanted to have a show in the new year from your favorite anime boys that shows a new side of our show. Instead of commentating on anime, we wanted to see how we could do if we create our own little anime in an hour or so. We are finally putting our money where our mouths are. And if you want to submit ideas for the episodes of A Plus Anime Writers Room, or if you think you have a great idea for an anime, then follow us on our new Twitter page at A Plus Anime for all of your anime updates and postings. And yeah, that's pretty much the deal, Johnny. That's pretty much the theme of the show. Um, we are also doing a fun thing, and I don't know if you guys do this over on uh watch the throne or not watch the throne, super throne watch watch mm-hmm. the throne is the inspired album yeah <laughs> oh we completely for- forgot to mention that you are a guest on super throne watch a lot and that you yeah, are a big I, music guy i just kind of showed up that was um fuck what was it i don't even remember how i first got on that show but it was one of those things where i had been listening to that show since day one and i was like a, every episode the second it shows up i'm listening to it Mm-hmm. And eventually, somehow, just kind of schemed my way onto the show and into the group chat with the main guys, and they just kind of mm-hmm. left me there. And then, like after I was on the show once, which I assumed was going to be a one-time thing, because it was for mm-hmm. a week that Blessing wasn't there, so they were like, "We need someone to fill in. Do you want to like help us out?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And now I've been on like four or five times. Hey. I just I just managed to like I don't even know how, but I'm there, and they haven't kicked me out yet, so. Always scheming. Right. <laughs> Always scheming. Always <laughs> So bit. if you do want to hear Johnny somewhere else on the OKB's OK sort of podcast network, then uh, hit him up on Super Throne Watch, our hip-hop and music-related podcast. Even if I'm not on the episode, you should listen to it because it is a very good show. <laughs> I, You know what? The, here's the thing. I know we put out a bunch of different stuff on here, but I am a confident believer in the fact that all the stuff that we do is made with passion. You know, we are yeah. like, what's her name? Nope, that lady's racist. Uh, what's the lady from the <laughs> Food Network? Uh, I was going to say Paula Dean, but then she, nope, she's no. off the list. Rachel uh, Ray, is Rachel Ray racist? Uh, we're uh, going to go with her. We're like Rachel Ray. Okay. We put passion. <laughs> Bobby Flay? I don't know. We're someone that puts passion and love into what we do, much like Robert Flay from the Food Network. Um, so, yeah. So, that is where you can find Johnny on another one of our shows. So, I don't know if you guys do this over on Super Throne Watch, but this year, we want to kind of... Like, we wanted to do something new, I guess, when it comes to reviewing and talking about the show. Uh, So we're doing this thing where if you leave a review or you rate us on iTunes, then, you know, every review that we get kind of is going towards our goal. If we get 10 reviews, then we are going to do something fun and special, maybe like an OVA episode or maybe we're going to invite some guests on. Yeah, like, it's it's we're trying to kind of diversify the stuff that we do. And if you leave a review on iTunes, we will read it. Um, No cussing obviously, uh, because we are a Christian podcast. Uh, We are not allowed to do anything with cussing, so it's very important. Um, But yeah, so let's get into the show. Uh, So I had this intro idea, since you and I are both creative drawing design types. I wanted to ask you, and I'm pretty sure that every single person who is creative has done this or has done this in the past when they were kids. Do you have an OC? I definitely did as a kid, but nothing too concrete 
Like, so I, for those nothing that, that I could know, right yeah, now yeah, yeah. tell you any of the story of, or but I know okay. for sure when I was a kid, we would just make up our own superheroes and stuff because at a certain point when you're picking from Marvel and DC, everyone wants to be Spider-Man. Exactly. <laughs> so for those that don't know, OC means original character. Um, if you're on the internet, you probably know what OC is, but I just wanted to double check in case people didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like kind of like what Johnny said, I have in my head actually a couple of OCs that I made growing up. Um, but I wanted to ask if you can remember any of your OCs from when you were a kid or even like recently, if you've designed something like pretty recent that you're really passionate mm-hmm. about, uh, can you, you know, list off some of the features and like how the inspiration for that character came to be? I find that when I'm drawing characters that aren't like already established from something, it's less me starting out a story as much as it is just kind of like a fun design or like whatever I was out in a mall and I saw like a shirt that I liked where I was like, that would be a cool shirt if someone wore it with like this and this and then just more or less, more or less throwing together an outfit, but I have to have a person to wear the outfit and I don't want to just like reuse someone else's character so i'll kind of design things around that but i haven't really sat down and gotten to like design a whole story around a character yet okay so well even just uh even if there's not a story attached to it do you have just like a design or a character in mind that you have kind of like personally Um, created that you have on the top of the dome not a specific character but like a logo that i find i put on a lot of just something that i noticed recently like kind of in the same vein is on most of the time if I draw like a cute girl for whatever and I need a logo to put on like a sweater or a t-shirt I'll do Mm -hmm. just like a really like bubbly looking little like skull with hearts for eyes and that I realized at a certain point that like that's on like a ton of my art and just like in sketchbooks and stuff and it's like a fun little just thing that I find ends up on a lot of the stuff I draw I like that that's that's cute kind of taking something that is traditionally pretty spooky and creepy just kind of making it super kawaii i'm i'm, I'm into that a lot <laughs> always yeah so here's the deal johnny mm-hmm. i in case you didn't know obviously you know because you know who i am mm-hmm. i have crazy bad adhd and this has been a long-term thing if you've ever heard me talk if you ever even if you've seen me type you can sometimes see that i'm typing frantically or freaking out when i type mm-hmm. so ocs were not a thing that i purposely created but were just something that was a part of my daily life i would create a character for everything right yeah so i have two original characters off the top of the dome the mm-hmm. one that i created when i was like four or five cool. um and then one uh that i created when i was in my junior year of college that i can recall um so the five-year-old one is super simple um and it is actually, I think most kids have actually done this before. Um, mm-hmm. So you, when you're in the car and you're kind of like running around with your mom doing errands or whatever, you'd be on the highway. New Jersey has tons of highways for context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I grew up. Uh, so I would look out the window and instead of just looking at whatever was walking by, I would imagine this ninja, like a traditional like uh, Ryu Hayabusa um, ninja guide oh, ninja yeah. mm-hmm. um, with like a bright blue, almost like Power Rangers color gi or like um, costume. Mm-hmm. And what he would do is it would almost kind of be like um, Temple Run, I guess, where every time I would look at someplace, the ninja would be running on top of the building. Oh, I would look over on trees. He'd be kind of dashing from tree to tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this kind of like, I, I don't even know. It was like some sort of like character that I created in my head to keep me occupied so I wouldn't bother my parents when we were doing errands. Um, yeah. And I think that is the first instance of me creating a character um, <laughs> for a purpose in my life. And that was, I don't even, I didn't have a name for him. He was just ADHD ninja. 
Um, nice. And that is I would a really good that. name. Yeah. Like right? if I saw that as like the name of a cartoon, I would be like, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I want to know where that, this goes. <laughs> it's so funny too, because actually the more I think about it, right? Like ninjas have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. They need to be focused. And yeah. like ADHD is the complete polar opposite of both of those features. Yeah. So what would an ADHD, that would be Naruto essentially. Naruto is the think, ADHD yeah. <laughs> ninja, right? Um, so that was my first OC. And then my second OC, which I'm not going to go super in depth on because we might mm-hmm. actually do a, a whole show on it. Because um, okay. I wrote, I wrote this like ninety-page manuscript one time. Uh, <laughs> that was a good time. Uh, it was, and I. This is back when I wanted to write a comic, and I'm sure this is another thing that almost every creative does is like they wake up and they're like, "Well, I had a crazy-ass dream. I'm gonna write a comic or a manga or an anime right now." Oh yeah. Um, and I've done this multiple times throughout my life, um, but this one was probably the one that I put the most time into, and it was titled King. It was mm-hmm. one word, um, and it was about this this world where people were born with like birthmarks essentially or like they kind of looked like tattoos they had this like light green slash blue hue to them and essentially um in this world these birthmarks would give you superhuman abilities a la x-men a la like magical world or whatever but it is a thing that you are born with um and in this world, it is there is a it's a monarchy, I think. Okay. Um, but it's also kind of like the world is like this weird. Um, it's like not exactly futuristic, but it is like grungy future, I guess. Like not, it's like in between Ghost in the Shell and like Jack and Daxter, I guess. Okay. Is that yeah. there is future tech, but it is very much like not that far off from where we are now, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So in this world, um, the next king or leader of the free world is chosen when. Um, a child of each generation is born with what's called the king's mark and it is this this mark on their body that looks like a crown and that is how um they determine who the next uh ruler of the free world is um and the drama of the manuscript was um this organization very similar actually to organization 13 the more that i think about it um is uh they are the shadowy organization that wants to undercut the current um way of choosing like the ruler i guess like the government system uh Mm -hmm. so what they do is um there has not been a child with the king's mark for over i think like some long time like 50 years 60 years or whatever um because this organization has been killing every kid that has had the king's mark um then one of the members of the organization goes rogue takes this kid out into the country abandons the organization raises him as his own son and his this character's name is raven raise him as a son and then finally the son asks who am i like i know that you're not my real dad you look nothing like me um and then it's kind of his journey of going back to his home city um and taking back the throne i guess um but the thing that i thought was most interesting about this oc um was that he sucked (laughs) (laughs) he was not strong he was not cool um his only real ability was is um how can I even word it? Um, he was very good at understanding where people like a king or a monarch, right. Or even in government, right. We're supposed to put Mm -hmm. people where they are most effective. Right. Yeah. So like, if you are very good at this task, you should go to that. So his like kind of mark of destiny or is what they were called, by the way, they're called mark of destinies Mm -hmm. because, subtlety was really important back when I wrote this story, right? Um, and also, by the way, they weren't spelled destiny. It was D-E-S-T-I-N 
E and then the E had like an an accent on it and in and in this world they only it was a monotheistic culture and Lord. they believed in one goddess and her name was destined <laughs> and her okay dude it's so bad and it's cringy the more i think about it but there was a core that was pretty interesting here this is the cringe though um they believed in the the goddess that gave them their abilities was named destinea essentially and like this mark that she gave you was a gift and it was supposed to kind of tell you um, what you were supposed to do. So playing armchair psychologist here mm-hmm. is I wrote that when I was about to graduate college. And I <laughs> guess that was like my desire to be like, yo, someone just tell me what I'm supposed to fucking do <laughs> so I can do it. Um, so I, I think I have this manuscript saved somewhere in my Gmail or whatever. That's fantastic. Um, so I might rip that out one day and do a dramatic reading of it. Um, that would be really any, good. That's got to be one yeah. of the stretch goals. Oh, a hundred percent. It has yeah. to be. It's so mm-hmm. bad though. Yeah, that, like, I'm vaguely sure it's dog shit. Of, I don't know if I can think of a character from it, but for sure a concept for, I was trying to think like really dig if there was any time when I tried to like write a story with a friend or something. And it must've been in like grade 10, maybe grade nine even. So like right mm-hmm. early high school, mm-hmm. there was some point when one of my friends was like, I think I kind of want to like write a comic or something. And I was like, well, all I do is draw, so I guess I can help. Like, <laughs> that mm-hmm. makes enough sense. And it was me being the huge theme park nerd I am, trying to figure out how to fit that in somehow. So the idea is it would be like a... It was around... Like, Gravity Falls, I think, had finished at this point. But that was, wait, like, Wait, wait, you biggest. were in grade 9 when Gravity Falls finished? Let me find out. I'll have to check the dates on that. Be right back. Uh, I need to go apply for Medicare. I'm a thousand yikes. years old. <laughs> Big oof. Yeah, Jesus. didn't include that in the intro. I am 18. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good. I think that's good though, and I think it's funny Fresh because point. we're in we're in the age that, like, once you turn 18, you're on the internet. It doesn't really matter, right? Like, you can be friends yeah. with anybody. Like back when in high school, right? Like, oh man, you're in, you're a sophomore. Fuck out of here. Like, I'm so glad okay. that I am old Gravity enough Falls to not give ended a shit about that. February of 2016. So I would have been 15 when that show ended. You were born in the year 2000, huh? I was. I was like a person. <laughs> I yeah. was like an awake... Well, not a person. I was nine years old. Um, I wasn't a real person, but I was like... I could speak. Yeah. So <laughs> that, I was almost a person. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, I'm old as hell. Um, yikes. Big yikes. And Nato's older <laughs> than me, so think about that. That's why I didn't have him on today is because he is uh, he's old as shit. He actually died. This is his funeral episode. Um, I, I didn't even mention where Nato was in the top of the show. Nato, <laughs> it's currently Australia Day, by the way, in case people don't know about that. Um, we have uh, 4th of July. They have Australia Day. Okay. Uh, Nato hates that holiday. Uh, but uh, the good news is that he is off on a farm somewhere oh. uh, with his girlfriend. They are enjoying just a nice weekend away from it all. Um, and I had a free Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so I'm I'm hitting up people to do some free episodes of Writer's Room. So if yeah. anyone's curious, I am not replacing NATO with Johnny. However, if this episode goes well, Johnny will be number two in line for the throne. So cool. keep that know. in mind, NATO. If you ever listen to this, I'm coming for your neck. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you were you were in grade nine making this comic with your friend. Yes. What was it? So it was the idea was that there is the owner of this amusement park. Mm-hmm. has like two kids who go to work there over the summer is which, the like, uh, is the owner's named michael mouse no it isn't but that would have been good damn it damn knowing it. me now i would probably try to make some sort of like michael eisner pun 
Mike Eisner? Who's that? He was the CEO of Disney ah, in, like, the early okay. 2000s. So, like, when I was growing up and, like, seeing whatever, because uh, I would watch, like, the television specials anytime I could for Disney. Mm-hmm. Like, because mm-hmm. at the time I didn't have YouTube to be able to just be like, Google, all these other people who've made, like, history of Disney videos. I had whatever I could get to from, like, us going to a Disney trip in 2004 and rewatching that, like, the disc that they sent you in the mail being like, look at all the stuff you can do. Or if I mm-hmm. could catch one on TV. And it was always his awkward, stilted acting of him being, like, in charge of Disney and having to stand next to the dude in the Mickey Mouse costume being like, well, we're making all of this fun for the children, and he's just trying his best, but always weird on camera, and it's very funny. I mean, that's the weird thing about, like, having people that, and this is going to be a small tangent, but, like, whenever they have, like, video game developers or, like, mangaka or, like, uh, anime directors on camera, they're like, hi, hello, I sit in front of a screen all day, I don't talk to anyone, why am I being interviewed right now? Like, you can definitely feel it sometimes when you're Mm -hmm. looking at those creative types. But, yeah, that would just, just because making it a Walt Disney pun would be too on the nose, but making it a Michael Eisner pun would be, like, weird enough that some people might not notice it and have it get in the way of being enjoyable to read (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the whole point was that it was like this sci-fi themed so each ride that was in the park while it Mm -hmm. was operating had some sort of monster or alien living in it but while it's in the ride it's only acting like as some sort of animatronic or whatever in the ride so the idea would be like if we're to compare it to actual, like, Disney rides that, like, if Pirates of the Caribbean was a real thing, that one of those pirates is an actual, like, space pirate. Like a, that's a like, goat? Oh, a space pirate. That's, okay, like, trapped, like a ghost. that's, like, trapped in the ride or, like, Haunted Mansion. It's an actual ghost that's in the mansion that looks like all the rest of them. But then uh-huh. at some point would end up, like, breaking out and getting loose in the park. And then, like, the kids end up having to fight it. But they don't know that their grandpa has all of this because the whole park is, like a black market dealing to like evil space people. It was weird and heady, but like... I love this. So, so you essentially got high and was like, ben, <laughs> I like Ben 10. I also like uh, gravity falls. I enjoy Disney. Uh, and then I also enjoy toy story and monsters Inc. And you just like palm them yeah. together and just put them together until a story became a thing. So the idea in it is that, there is this like park with all of these rides and then say one ride gets shut down. So they had like the haunted house ride and that ride gets shut down. And it's because some like crazy space billionaire was like, I want to buy a ghost so I can own a ghost. And then he sells him the ghost, but then he's like, well, I don't have anywhere to, I don't have this like ghost for this haunted house ride. So I have no need for it. So they tear that ride down and they build up some new ride. And in the new ride, there's some new monster or whatever. And it's like, so, is it a thing where the end of the season is like they realize that the monsters aren't bad? It's just like a really, it's like a zoo, and that yeah. their grandpa is the dickhead. Yeah. And then wow, it's, some... it's, it's kind of like the real Walt Disney almost. <laughs> a little bit. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly. Like there definitely was a whole like, here's the because it was at the time whatever. Gravity Falls ended, and I remember that was one of those times when I was like, that's actually cool that he had a beginning, middle, and end, and didn't, like, just stretch it out, because it still kept that, like, Monster of the Week format, 
but mm-hmm. it like they could have ran that show for like eight seasons and just had it oh, like, yeah. fizzle out into nothing. But instead, 100%. you just had like he's like, I'm gonna keep it with a tight two seasons. So I yeah. think that was the idea was that at some point I had scripted out like two seasons of this show where I'm like, season one ends with them figuring this out and the grandpa being like, oh shit, I'm the bad person. That shouldn't be okay. But then also them having to try and like not have all of this shit go down. Because at some point there was some other like. I don't remember the specifics of it, but there was someone like tampering with it and like just kind of letting things out in the park to try and like expose him and get him caught for like doing all the shady shit. Okay, part of me wants to just say fuck the word generator and just do either of our OC ideas for the next <laughs> hour because I really like both of, of where these are going and I think we might be able to t- like pick them apart. Mm-hmm. But like that—that's an awesome idea. See, you—you you do have OCs, you liar. You had OCs rating in, that in was... the wings for me. That was something I hadn't thought about in a long time. Because I just, yeah. when I think OC, I think, like, if I'm sitting around drawing, like, I have friends that they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is just, like, the character I default draw. Where it, my usual thing for default drawing, I think, is more, like, kind of based on, like, the movement of it. Like, when you were saying, as a kid, you would sit at the window and imagine your own character running to all these places. As a kid, in my head, I was like, if Spider-Man was over there and wanted to get over there, what would be, like, a cool way to do it? So then in my head, I would be trying to figure out like, you know, like, you know, in like the new game when he does like the web zips to places where it's yeah, like, yeah, would yeah. he do that? Or would he jump and swing? Or would he like crawl up and like jump on it or like have to do like a roll over top of like kind of parkouring along whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I would always imagine that where I'm like, if I were to take a video of this and then animate over top of it, Spider-Man running through all of these places, what would that look like? So you were, you were kind of like thinking about animation before you were even... Before I recognized that that's what it was, yeah. And strangely enough, I was doing character creation and world building without understanding what any of those things were when we were both kids. Yeah, exactly. And by kids, I mean for you three weeks ago and for me 1,000 years ago. (laughs) So fun fun thing how time kind of circles back yeah like for that. me still sometimes in the car because i don't <laughs> own one like <laughs> i have to be driven most places dude i wish i wish that was my current situation i love california for so many reasons but driving everywhere is a pain in the ass oh but i didn't tell you the coolest part about the show so mm-hmm. the best dynamic i think that i created in my little oc world and we're talking back that that thing that we were talking about 10 minutes ago my my oc world mm-hmm. um and the most interesting thing that I think came out of it was is that his power, my little, I think I had a name for him, but I can't remember. Uh, but the main character for King, his power was just seeing, I guess, like the chess moves, right? Like, mm-hmm. so if you've watched, um, if you watch Naruto you, or, or um, Death Note, he, he was very intelligent and he was able yeah. to kind of plan things out ahead. Um, but he was definitely not a fighter in any way, shape or form. Like he mm-hmm. did not do anything but plan right? Like even Code Geass, right? Code Geass, you, he could, uh, he was not a super big fighter guy, but he was very much about like tactician, I guess. That's very much what he was, this character. Um, okay. And I guess his, the characters that he meets along the way in like the first issue that I wrote, um, there were these two characters. One had a uh, mark, uh, their mark of destiny on their eyes. So what it meant was, or no, not his, on his eyes, on his ears. So what he did was he would be able to do echolocation, Mm-hmm. And that was his ability. And he was like this, um, he was kind of like the stereotypical Japanese swordsman character where um, he would uh, kind of blindfold himself and use the echolocation to kind of see where people were moving a la Daredevil and yeah. mess them up that way. Uh, and I think he had either a staff or a sword. I'm not, I'm not can't recall off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But um, the other character, and these two characters were brothers. 
Um, and again, subtlety, not my forte when I wrote this. <laughs> they were called the Demon Twins. They were nice. not related. They were not related at all. Um, and that is a, <laughs> there, there's a part of that that comes up later. Um, and then, so this is where I think it actually gets interesting, right? So the interesting part is main character sucks. His whole thing is just planning, right? But if mm-hmm. he gets... If he gets, like, we're talking, if he gets punched in the face, he's dead, essentially. Like, imagine a character that cannot even throw a single punch, right? And yeah. that I thought was interesting. Like, if Naruto couldn't fight, who the fuck is he, right? So, mm-hmm. like, and especially in anime, I thought that was, like, a very interesting premise. So, yeah. then you have these two brother characters that he meets because he walks into the main city and this, like, a roaming um, band of bandits, essentially, these kid bandits come up and, like, they want to steal his money and steal his clothes. Um, so that's when he meets the brothers. The one is the swordsman. The other one is this like brawler guy. And he has tattoos slash marks all over his body. Um, mm-hmm. And for context in this story, your mark, usually if you're able to like read the mark, you can kind of, um, they have like different symbols or whatever. And they are almost like yeah. alphabet adjacent. So if you were able to see someone's mark, um, that's why most people cover them. You can kind of figure out what their shit is, right? And if you're fighting yeah. someone and you want to understand what their powers are, you read their mark, right? So I thought mm-hmm. from an anime perspective, that'd be super interesting because maybe someone covers their mark or makes a fake mark somewhere or mm-hmm. like, I thought like from the fighting mechanic side, that would be interesting, right? So this guy has tattoos all over his body and he is super strong, super fast, like just a general like beefcake. Like imagine, um, imagine like Luke Cage, but in like a, um, a lean Japanese boy's body, I guess is like the way I would describe it. Um, and his whole thing is that he was a experiment done by the government to create super soldiers that have man-made marks of destiny, essentially. So there's a whole thing where the organization is teaming up with corrupt people in the government and this whole thing like the end of the story spoiler alert the end of the story is is that the um the king dies and then second in command since there is no rightful heir is this general guy the general guy is the head of the organization that is destabilizing the government and creating these fake super soldiers and he is essentially instating um a what's the word like a wartime i guess like where he is like not it's not like uh, there's no government anymore. He is just the monarch and that there's n- mm-hmm. no yes or no. There's no voting. It's it. Um, mm-hmm. And you find this out over the course of issues where the organization have, they have different like animal code names um, because each of them, their marks are connected to a certain animal. Like there is a kid, uh, there's like a kid named the snake and he like could break his bones and manipulate his body so that he couldn't be captured. Mm-hmm. And he could like use his body in interesting ways. And the, um, I think it was like the snake, the rabbit and the ox were three of the main generals. And then spoiler alert again the final guy the general his code name was the dragon and he could breathe fire and that was his mark of destiny so that was my little oc thing i guess for everything that i recall i guess um mm-hmm. so johnny we are at a crossroads in the show and i want to ask you mm-hmm. do you want to do this random word generator because that's what we did last time Mm-hmm. and have our kind of original idea that we talked about before the show started or do you just want to deep dive into the first season of your show this oc show that you kind of started it, us out with and try and break that down in 30 minutes i i like the idea of us going for the word generator still especially since this is like one of the early episodes of the show keeping a little on track you but, obviously um, have never listened to a single thing with me on it because that i hate fair. being on track yeah that is fair <laughs> but I don't know, something about the word generator I'm interested in, like, seeing just off the top of our heads how much nonsense we can come up with without the baseline beforehands. 
Especially, like, if I can, I will go home at some point and try and find whatever math notes or wherever, like, all the information was scribbled to get you, like, a better version of mm-hmm. whatever I briefly explained. So but... then how about this? We will have you on this show another time, and we will dedicate the entire episode to just fleshing out your OC world. Yeah, and that'll sure. be a different Let's episode. <laughs> and then this one will be just our generate random words. So mm-hmm. again, since this is our second episode of Writer's Room, it is very much a freestyle, open, more open <laughs> farm to table, fresh, fresh to your doorstep sort of Quality show. Quality A podcast. Exactly. Um it is uh what's the word? Um it is like bad what's the shit that is like bad for vegetables? Um, HMO free. No we are the yeah, no pesticides, <laughs> HMO free podcast. Um no I thought pesticides, that pesticides, just a couple pests. <laughs> that's us. <laughs> but I thought that the guest, since they are the guest of the show, they would mm-hmm. either choose a word or we could kind of figure out one of the five words that we would use as the base of this show that we're creating together. Um and you and I kind of talked before the show, and I thought mm-hmm. as we really love Into the Spider-Verse, the, the first word we would use would be universe or multiverse. Multiverse. So yeah. are you still into that idea? I like that. Okay. So I'm going to hit this button here for generate random words, mm-hmm. and the sixth word will be multiverse. So I'm going to click this cool. button here. I am writing these down. <laughs> okay, okay. Because okay. I so, will forget. <laughs> so, bud, we got a fucking doozy here. So. Oh, here are the five words that I got for you. Cool. Patch. P-A-T-C-H. Patch. Evasive. Evasive. Okay. Exchange. Exchange. This okay. is my favorite one. Oranges. Ooh. The fruit. And engine. Engine. Okay. And our sixth word is multiverse. Oranges, engine, exchange, evasive, patch, and multiverse. Okay, so does anything fly out at you from these five words here? I am. I'm trying to think multiverse because there's got to be a lot of them. What if it's. Maybe this is just because I've been going along with this Fast and Furious in review, the kind of funny is doing right now. But what if it's because of engine? It's like some sort of racing show. But it's multiverse, so it's like different versions of the racers from different universes. <laughs> Interesting. I did not. Okay, I like that a lot. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I want to see where we can go with that. So you thought car when you saw engine. Technically, when I saw yeah. engine, my first thought was, what if the entire show takes place on a train? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I'm also not against that either. I that's like a, that's a little close to uh, Infinity okay. Train that's coming out though. Okay. So I don't know if that's so I'm thinking about that. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. If we're doing engine is the train, right? Mm-hmm. There is going to be an exchange. Yes. On the train. Okay. And I guess maybe the evasive part can be there is a thief on the train that is trying to be evasive and outmaneuver the cops or maybe there's like a black market yeah. deal right mm-hmm. and the patch is a patch for a cyber security firm okay that is like essentially like the how can i say it like like the firewall they are the digital protectors they're mm-hmm. di- the digital police right for like microsoft or for some sort of mm-hmm. mega corporation right and it just so happens that they meet 
on a oranges is the thing that's going to trip me up. Yeah. So hear me out. Would you be angry or would you oppose instead of it being, no, no, we can have it. Oranges. They, they meet <laughs> on a local train line called the orange line. And the symbol for the line is, is a big happy orange with a smiley face on it. Yes. Always. So we, that. we, we have the, the train idea. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you what I was thinking about when I saw all these words? Of course. So when I thought engine, I immediately thought Mecca. Okay. I like that. So that's the first thing I thought of. Oranges, you fucking got me, dude. It's powered yeah. by it's powered by orange juice. I have no idea. Ooh. But the exchange what if it's oh, yeah, a yeah, Mecca yeah, tell, me, fight, tell me. But it's all based around breakfast foods. <gasps> like it's a okay. Mecca show, but they're all like eat like there's a person the main character pilot's like the orange Mecca okay. and there's like a bacon Mecca that's his teammate. Okay, hear me out. I want you to Google, and you can do this along at home. Okay. Everyone Google Kamen Rider. This is you too, Johnny. K-A-M-E-N Rider. Mm-hmm. Gaim. G-A-I-M. And I want you to look at the first fucking image that you just described and tell me this is not the show that we are creating. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> so for context, yeah. if you haven't Googled it, Kamen Rider, if you've heard me talk about this before, it is a Power Rangers adjacent show. And every season, they have a weird, wacky combination of different things. And Gaim, which is my favorite season, the main part of it was fruits. So imagine Power Rangers, but each Power Ranger is a fruit. And the main character yeah. was an orange. Yeah. So I didn't know this existed. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, Japan, <laughs> Japan is a special blessing that I owe my life to. So cool. are we... Hmm. Hmm. This is the part of the show that is hard because we're like deep in thought, but I don't want to be mm-hmm. silent, obviously. Yeah. It's hard, right? We can just kind of throw ideas out as we're having them. When you were talking about the whole, there's someone on the train being evasive. Mm-hmm. What if it's like, um, oh, I suddenly lost the word. Reality where like the government's the big bad, like, because uh, it's not post-apocalyptic. Oh, oh my God. Wait, I got it. I got it. The idea is here. Okay. Okay. So, this is still the same idea for the train, right? Mm-hmm. And the, this is... So, the patch I was thinking of, the one word we want to change is this, is that this patch is for a, like, super secret government project. Mm-hmm. Right? And essentially what this is, is it is a multiverse project a la Into the Spider-Verse, right? Yeah. Where these guys meet on a train because if anyone finds out about this, then it's like Dunzo essentially. Mm-hmm. So this genius programmer, like this once in a lifetime programmer, figures out a way, kind of like how spoilers for Into the Spider Verse, uh, Doc Ock figures out a way to do the multiverse sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. They meet on a train to give a patch to this multiverse thing, or oh wait, shit. We're thinking about a computer <laughs> patch. We're, what if it is literally a patch? Like something like you patch onto your body. Like, okay. like on a jacket or something. <laughs> okay, so this genius inventor creates a patch that can send you to different multiverses. Mm-hmm. And it, they meet on the orange line on the train to exchange it to 
I guess if the government is the bad guy in this story, they're exchanging it to someone else, but who are they exchanging it to? Mm -hmm. Do we want the scientist to be a good guy or to be a bad guy? Well, when I am thinking is that the scientist isn't like the protagonist, like the protagonist of the show is the evasive person on the train. Mm -hmm. that you mentioned earlier so it's I, them I trying to get, it's them trying to get to this patch mm -hmm. that i would think maybe scientist who made it is a good guy but then the government like stole his tech like in the spider-man game doc ock you know where it's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's just trying to do his own thing sorry it's spoilers for the spider-man game i guess from what but, oh for, okay okay from this the most recent spider game yeah the most game. recent one i thought about like, ps2 i was like what oh no. <laughs> no 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 like the most recent one where he's like trying to do his own thing but then oscorp keeps like taking it and it like mm -hmm, would have mm -hmm. driven him crazy but we have mm -hmm. this all like he hasn't gone crazy and turned into Doc Ock yet. He's just like a scientist trying to do his thing. And, you know, oh. bigger corporation or government is like uh -huh, taking uh -huh. all of his work from him. So who is he giving it to? That's the one thing that's sticking out in my mind. Yeah. I don't know who the exchange is being made with. <laughs> okay. So do you watch Riverdale? This is, I promise this is relevant. I have not yet. But, do, know you know, to, but... do you know Archie Andrews? Uh, like I know of him as a character <laughs> so he's he has orange hair so yeah. can i petition for our main character to also have orange hair yeah orange hair character <laughs> okay. meets on the orange yeah. line i yeah. it's something okay, I, sure. I want like a color i'm trying to like build the character in my mind mm -hmm. um so we have a plucky aladdin adjacent like yeah, plucky thief that we like right mm -hmm. um and it's this i guess should we call is he a runaway why is he stealing shit um Great question. I don't know how I didn't take that into account. <laughs> I, I do. I, I think I, that the Aladdin connection is good. Like, yeah. Do you think that he steals stuff? Like, is the orange line like a, like a, um, like, have you ever I been like, to a multi-tiered subway where like, there's like a train line where like, you have to pay extra money, like the luxury line. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, is I the like the idea line? that yeah. this isn't him setting out to be like i'm gonna get involved in the government this is him just being like i'm just gonna steal stuff because i have to and then all of a sudden it ends up being like a huge he did not realize initially that it's as big like he gets himself like caught up into it you know yeah i, I totally like that too so we have our plucky protagonist with orange hair he is aladdin adjacent he steals mm -hmm. stuff from people on the orange line which is like the in this weird future city it is like the elite mm -hmm version of the subway where the commoners can't go i guess right how does he get on is he like a hacker is he like just really is he a smooth talker is he sm like and the reason why i ask is because is he smart enough when he gets this patch like this mechanical patch thing and puts it on his body and again if you're thinking of a visual for what i would want this patch to look like i am thinking a la ben 10 like uh thing where he like hits it and then it sends him to a different like mm -hmm. universe i guess um is he smart enough to understand what is going on, or is he a sack of dirt? Is he dumb as hell? Um, I like the idea of putting it in the middle, where it's not okay. quite that. It's not quite that he like can't figure out that he's been put somewhere else, but he's also not smart enough to figure out how to initially just be like, I know how to use this to the best of my abilities. Like the I, I like the idea of like say he gets it first time he uses it. He recognizes that he's somewhere else, but he doesn't understand how it works, where he is, and we have to have someone else like 
help him figure it out. The idea of that being someone else that he thinks he knows, but it's like the multiverse version of them to get him to like kind of figure out that this is a multiverse, but also not figure out like how to use it, you know? Okay. I have it. I think mm-hmm. I have, I have the idea. So have you ever watched the Disney movie? The, I think it's called the Prince and the Popper. Mm, if I have not recently enough to remember. So it is a, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the movie I'm thinking about. It's a very poor kid and a very rich kid. They look very similar. They look mm-hmm. like nearly identical, but I'm pretty sure they're not related. And one day the prince kid is tired of living the prince life and the, this rich, or this poor kid wants to live the rich life. So they realize okay, they look yeah. the same yeah, yeah, yeah. and they switch places. So this patch, this like mechanical device that this kid puts on his arm to go mm-hmm. to a different universe unknowingly he has no idea what the watch or patch thing does right Mm -hmm. he goes to another universe and meets his other universe self and his other universe self is like the super rich like his parents are like multi-billionaires or something like that yeah and that's when he realizes that it's the multiverse and not Mm -hmm. just some sort of teleportation device okay so the scientists the original scientists that we know from our universe he kind of patented this technology, right? But he doesn't want the mm-hmm. government to get it because the government is evil. So mm-hmm. he contacts himself in the alternate universe to have the alternate version of himself capture this kid and send back the patch because that's mm-hmm. how he can figure out something. And like, there's, let's say he has a good reason for why he developed this patch, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's to end world hunger, right? To get yeah. resources from other dimensions. And the only way that you can actually stay in that dimension without freaking out the timeline or causing like massive disarray is with this patch. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so relevant, right? He doesn't want the government to have it because he's afraid that the government will take over other dimensions and colonize them because Lord knows governments do that. So mm-hmm. our poor kid, our plucky thief character goes to another universe meets his other self um or people confuse him for this universe's self he gets like the high life he gets like all the stuff that he wants and meanwhile he has to be evasive and kind of curtail away from universe two's doctor because Mm -hmm. if universe one this doctor is a good guy and he's a, a good guy who doesn't want the government to have his stuff universe two by default that doctor has to be a dickhead who only wants to colonize. So his whole thing is that doctor mm-hmm. two is not smart enough to develop the patch. So he wants to steal the patch so that he can colonize earth one. Yep. So that like is, that. I have our antagonist here. And mm-hmm. the reason why I have, I had that idea in my head is that I wanted earth one, our good doctor guy mm-hmm. to somehow figure out how to get himself to universe two only temporarily so that he can shoot himself in this vital moment yeah (laughs) to save the main character to like convince him to come back that he won't hurt him essentially and Mm -hmm. kind of like explain um what's happening um and in that moment he takes dr one back to universe one so the this MacGuffin patch thing allows you to stay in whatever universe you want for as however long as you want but let's say that if you are not from that universe, a la Spider-Verse, you will start to disappear, I guess. Yeah. So Dr. One knowingly 
puts himself in universe two to save this kid's life from himself mm-hmm. thinking that he's going to die but the kid uses the patch to send them both back and that is in my head that's the end of the movie yeah he said the kid does the sacrifice thinking that it'll only take one of them back but it takes them both back to the original universe and there you go mm-hmm. what do you think of that idea I like it. I think it's cool. I'm just trying to think of like building off of that other supporting characters or yeah. So that's so around it. Mm-hmm. What we what we used last time uh, for our first episode is we used the hero's journey kind of as a outline for our first season of the anime. By by the way, we we crafted a entire first season of a show. Nice. It wasn't just one episode. We kind of went mm-hmm. a little bit overboard in our first episode, uh, which I'm <laughs> super proud of. Um, so inciting incident. Um, I guess. The hero's journey we have, the ordinary world, the call to adventure, refusal, refusal of the call, meeting the mentor, crossing the threshold, tests, allies, and enemies, the approach, ordeal, death, and rebirth, reward, seizing the sword, the road back, resurrection, return with the elixir. So we already have the ordinary world. We have yep. this kid who steals stuff. Is there a reason why he steals stuff? Did we ever figure out the reason why? He steals people the from reason, the rich, right? Yeah, I think the reason is just because he's been... Like, he's not in a good situation. You can have, where, like, say he is, his parents died at a young age in this one, so he was an orphan or whatever. All right, cool. Perfect. Um, so, everybody out there listening, sorry about that. Uh, we had a little pause because we had a little technical issue, mm-hmm. but we are back. Fun times. Doing the thing that we are doing, Alrighty. talking about this show, which we do not have a title for. We do not. That is okay, because we did, we did not do the title until the very end of the episode last time. Titles are very so difficult. we are all good. <laughs> It really, it really is, honestly. Um, but yeah, so we were talking about the hero's journey, and we were talking about where our story kind of leads up into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the ordinary world, the call to adventure. The call to adventure is him hitting the button, going to this other universe. Um, and then the refusal of the call is, like, does this character not like that he's in a different place? Like, like where does he... When he goes to the new universe, where does he end up? Is he, like, just on the street and, like, mm-hmm. things are completely different? Or, like, like is he still on the orange line, but I it's like, called the teal line or something? Or I like the idea that he's on the street, so he assumes that it just teleported him, like, out onto the street. And then he starts to notice little differences until, like, that big, like, reveal, like, walk around the corner. And huge thing you expected to be... Like, say it's a statue of... I don't know, whoever's in charge in, like, his universe. He walks around the corner, and it's a statue of, like, his parents. Of him? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. So he went from being he went from being Spider-Man in one universe or, like, kind of the lowly person in this universe to being essentially Bruce Wayne in this next universe. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So hear me out. Mm-hmm. This kid, it, his polar opposite version doesn't have orange hair. So when he, like, you ever hear the thing where, like, celebrities wear wigs to kind of, like, mess the press yeah so like he's walking down the street he's seeing all these small differences and he's like oh man this teleporter is weird like i have no idea what's going on here Mm -hmm. and then he goes and sees the statue of his parents and he's like what the hell is going on and then someone looks at him and goes oh my god you're blank why do you wait why are you wearing a wig and like starts pulling at his wig and then there's like a big crowd that kind of comes around him and that's when like his like chauffeur or someone like from the the family that he's a part of comes and grabs him and puts him in the car mm-hmm. and is like where have you been you've been missing for hours now How, why do you have dyed hair and then like it turns out that while this is happening the him from this universe is like trying to escape the responsibility and is like ducking out mm-hmm. and like trying to kind of like get away from everything so it's like perfect timing that he is kind of like found with this like ratty yeah. outfit and orange hair okay 
So that's we'll call we'll say that that's his um, his refusal of the call is him seeing the statue of his parents and being dumbfounded and trying to figure out a way back. Mm-hmm. But then meeting the mentor. Do you have any ideas for that? I'm thinking it's like the butler slash like helper guy. Yeah. From the rich family. So mm-hmm. like it is an Alfred. Yeah. Sort of whoever guy. he gets picked up by the driver is like. That's like Hear their first out. like. Yeah, exactly. Is the driver. I don't know why I thought of this. Is the driver Terry Crews? Yeah, I think he is. I, I'm just imagining like um, Sergeant Jeffords because I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. Just like this big ter- Terry Jeffords looking guy, um, Terry Crews parting a group of people, and he's like, "Get back in the car! What are you doing?" Yeah, and like pulls him essentially from the nape of his neck and throws him into this like mm-hmm. really fancy ass car. Okay, so he won't be a butler; he'll be security detail. Okay, I like. And that he's more. been security detail ever since he's like been like 18 essentially so he has this relationship with the family and he knows that this kid he has a deep relationship with this kid Mm -hmm. so terry cruz is like spouting all these like euphemisms for life like i can't believe you would do that to your parents they're worried sick man and then the kid our main character is like uh uh uh-huh sure Mm -hmm. yeah like he has no idea what is happening and he's still trying to kind of like he he's an opportunist so he's like trying to keep his cool and get everything he can out of the situation right Mm -hmm. so is the, our main character's character flaw that he, like, what is his character flaw? What is the big thing about him? Like, is it that he doesn't care about the consequences of his actions? So, like, he's lying to um, the the security detail guy. He doesn't really give a shit. He steals all the time. He doesn't really care about, like, who he's stealing from, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is, like, what is the lesson he's going to be learning at the end of this sort of journey? I kind of like that. Like, the uh, that he is starting out with very... Like, he's just kind of looking out for himself, and he doesn't really realize that he can do something to help. Like, I like the mm-hmm. idea that, say, based on the the world that he grew up in with this, like, you know, his Earth, that it is him. Mm-hmm. He totally thinks that he's like, well, I can't do anything to fix anything. I can't help in any way, so I'm going to just do whatever I need to get myself by and not really be concerned with other people. Mm-hmm. And then okay. by the end of this, he realizes that he's, yeah. like, the bigger piece in the machine kind of hear me out Mm -hmm. so this kid's perspective is that you never hear the term like uh you're dealt a certain card yeah right he's like all right well i was dealt a certain card and i'm gonna steal other people's cards fuck them essentially Mm -hmm. and like he his whole thing is like taking what's earned or taking what he deserves in his head okay Uh, but when he goes to this other universe where things are all mixed up and he has everything that he ever wanted but this version of himself doesn't even want it he kind of learns from this other version, this other universe's version of himself, that he is just a contrarian. Like, he doesn't like staying still. No matter what universe he's in, he's always trying to cause a ruckus, I guess. Mm-hmm. So even he always thought internally that his problem was that he didn't have a family or that he didn't have money or didn't have resources. And that's why he does what he does, right? Yeah. Um, and he's always been trying, he's always tried to be good-ish, right? Mm-hmm. While trying to sell, serve his own, um, his self-wants, I guess. Um. But in this universe, when he realizes that he still doesn't give a shit about people, he still only wants to look out for himself, he realizes after learning about this other universe version of himself that he's like, holy shit, that's, that's me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the card that I was dealt. It's the dealer. It's my fault, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not this thing that I can chalk up the circumstance. It's like, I have to be responsible, yeah. right? And I guess the culmination of this is that, and, and for the record, he like doesn't have I guess in my head, he doesn't have many friends because someone who is only self-serving and mm-hmm. doesn't give a shit 
wouldn't have many allies, right? No, yeah. So, like, can the end of this situation... This kind of ties into the end that we kind of talked about, where he gives the patch to the good doctor because the doctor risks his life by teleporting him to himself to the dimension that he knows he's going to die in since he doesn't have the patch. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So it, it kind of becomes full circle where he's mm-hmm. like, listen, yeah, I was dealt a, a shitty hand in life, but even if I was dealt a good, good hand, I'm still this person who has flaws and I need to grow. And that final moment where someone sacrifices themselves for him, he realizes that this is like kind of his his problem Mm -hmm. and he puts the patch on the doctor um who i assume is like on his deathbed or dying or something like that from being in the wrong dimension hits the button to teleport him back while holding him and then he realizes that he has teleported with him accidentally um so this act of self-sacrifice ends up being a thing where everyone benefits and then they both go back to the original dimension um and that's the kind of the return with the elixir the final moment Mm -hmm. is him and the doctor back in this universe and they kind of look at each other and the ending of this first season, I guess we'll call it, mm-hmm. is them realizing that together they can kind of change things in their universe. They don't need this. They don't need this device. Yeah. Because with his thieving and his charm mixed with the doctor's kind of intelligence and planning, they can make this universe what they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And the final theme is like, hey, no matter how shitty things are, it's all about taking responsibility and, you know, pushing forward, even if things are shitty and not just jumping to another universe where things might be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like the kind of parallelism you had going there where it's the whole idea is that he's assuming that he was dealt a specific hand and that the idea is that in each universe, that's just the hand that he was dealt. But then he's kind of realizing as he looks at himself in all of those universes that he never really lives with that reality that it's just like part of him to be going against that. Yeah, you he's know? always trying yeah. to kind of go against the grain no matter what, even if the grain is something positive for him, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, he really, he learns about himself through this alternate dimension version of himself, the rich kid version, um, and he kind of grows because of it. Um, so the crossing the threshold, I think, just because we're going back to the hero's journey to make sure that we kind of cover all of our bases here, um, crossing the threshold, that's when he kind of goes to the rich kid's house and, you know, enjoys the life of luxury and like is eating caviar for lunch. Mm-hmm. And like the, um, the security detail guy is kind of, um, Oh my God. Sorry. I just, I had a <laughs> brain blast here. I had a Jimmy Neutron brain blast. So before I continue with this thought, the, um, security detail guy, Terry Cruz that we said, uh, they form a tight relationship mm-hmm. throughout this journey. Him and him and the security guy, become tight because obviously the security guy is tight with this universe's version of, of this kid. Right. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the story, before the final battle with this evil scientist and the government, he tells the Terry Crews guys like, Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I'm not the kid that you think I am. Yeah. But it turns out Terry Crews knew from the start mm-hmm. that it was not the same kid. And he's like, kid, I knew all along. Like my kid has a birthmark behind his neck. You don't have that. Yeah. I knew that from the second that I saw you, I just knew that you needed help. Mm-hmm. And, that's kind of like we'll we'll say that that's like the first real friend that he makes and that kind of opens him up mm-hmm. to making more friends in his his dimension and hear me out the final scene after they uh him and the scientists go back to the original dimension they're back on the orange car mm-hmm. and who is the train conductor that kicks them out Terry Crews cool yeah that would be good and then he's like wait a minute and he's like listen kid i can't have you sneaking in here all the time i always know it's you you have really shitty disguises and he's like hey 
let's call him Terry, I guess. Terry. I'm sorry, man. Mm-hmm. He's like, you finally said my name. You didn't call me old man or whatever. And yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. like them becoming friends in this universe, mm-hmm. right? So it's like people from different walks of life learning from each other or whatever. Fuck, I really like that. That is All right, cool. So the crossing the threshold is him living this like life, this life of luxury with the security guard guy, Terry Crews. Um, tests allies and enemies. Tests are he has to do all the hoity-toity rich stuff that um, that this, I guess, like Bruce Wayne adjacent guy um, is asked to do. He has to be formal. He has to use the right um, silverware at the dinner table, mm-hmm. I guess. Like I'm imagining a scene where he like has a thousand forks. I like that Terry this Cruz, is uh, yeah. becoming Princess Diaries. <laughs> the more we're essentially, talking about essentially, it. <laughs> essentially it's a sci-fi version um so like i'm imagining there at the dinner table and the terry cruz he's like looking at terry cruz to help him out and he's wearing like a, a tuxedo thing and he's like no the other one no no no, the other one mm-hmm. no the far right one no the farthest right one and like he's trying to like coach him through it and all that yeah, yeah. and that's kind of how they become friends uh the allies will be the terry cruz obviously the enemies will be the uh negative doctor from this other universe uh mm-hmm. even more authoritarian doctor guy um the approach um i'm not sure really sure what that means in terms of the hero's journey um i think the but, approach is the like getting to the final um ah uh, uh, okay uh so do you want to say that there's a uh, a gala a gala uh that his parents are throwing um also, his other allies are his parents obviously mm-hmm. um so there's a gal that his parents are throwing and um his the his doppelganger sees pictures of him with the orange hair um and like e news is reporting or whatever and it's yeah, like yeah. turns out that prince william actually got a haircut and dyed his hair what do you think about that and then he the original universe is like hey wait a minute fuck this guy wait wait that's mm-hmm. not wait is that me yeah and then like he tr- the, like universe one guy tries to go and like confront him about it but obviously they don't believe him because everyone thinks that universe two him is the real him uh so the ordeal the death and the rebirth is the ordeal is um that universe one him or the uh, his doppelganger and then the science uh scientist doppelganger team up to uh crash this party to get the device and all this sort of stuff because scientist one told them about it um and their whole thing is fighting over this patch um and at the end of the the end of the day the doppelganger convinces him to kind of do the right thing and uh the reward is so yeah i guess the doppelganger brings the scientist into the place where the gala is at because obviously he would know all the security things of his own house right like Mm -hmm. i guess it's in a bruce wayne bruce manor situation oh my god talk about parallelism dude the doppelganger will sneak into his own house wearing wearing a um butler outfit that is Mm -hmm. the same one that he wears in the beginning scene to sneak onto the orange car Mm -hmm. fuck that's so (laughs) good okay so he sneaks into his own house lets the the bad scientist in and then the bad scientist is like well i'm just gonna kill this kid and take the patch off his body i don't give a shit Mm -hmm. and then the doppelganger is like don't do what that's not what we agreed to and then he like knocks the doppelganger out right Mm -hmm. so that's that's him out of the way um and then i guess let's say he hurts the secure or the security guy is like locked out or the government is kind of seizing all the assets in this home or whatever and as he is taking the patch off his body scientist from the original universe teleports in using an experimental device the device breaks and he's trapped in universe two he's dying because he shoots himself and then the final moment is him the resurrection moment is 
our main character putting the patch on the scientists to go back to their original universe to make things right. Mm -hmm. And then since the bad scientist is dead, the prince of universe two tells the story of what happened because obviously the, like, he knows uh and he has his heart the universe one guy has a heart to heart to the security guy tells him that he's not really the son mm -hmm. or not really the prince um they both teleport back to the original universe as an act of self-sacrifice when in reality everything's okay um and return with the elixir as they return with the patch the multi-universe patch um and they both vow to the new trio the uh terry the uh the train organizer guy, the scientist one and orange haired main character vow to change their universe for, mm -hmm. for good um, by taking responsibility and working as a team. And that is the end of season one. What do you think of that? I think it's great. I'm totally down. So, yeah. So yeah, this is the exact same way that it happened in the first episode that we did. We didn't have names for any characters yep. until the very end. Cool. So I, I think having our, I'm going to open up a notepad here. So I think that our, um, I think that our character... Oh, I have all the notes from our first um, episode, actually. <laughs> so, um, what is the genre of this? Are we saying that this is um, a sci-fi? Like, what's the sci other... It's sci-fi plus something. Like, coming of age, or... Coming of age, I guess, yeah. Okay, sci-fi, coming of age. So, hear me out for the title. Mm -hmm. Can we call it The Orange Exchange? Yeah, I like that. Because that's again, like the, on the, the inciting star, incident yeah. is the exchange on the orange. Like, yeah. Oh, can we call it actually a line? Can we call <laughs> it the exchange on the orange express? I think that's too close to the murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> that's what I wanted, though. Okay, we'll call it the orange exchange. I, li I still like that. I um, like it too, but. So, so our season one, or our season title or uh anime title uh <laughs> is the orange exchange um and we we went so in depth in this first episode that we had names for um our season two and season three we're not oh, gonna do Lord. that that's fine so um our main character's name do we have a main character name off the top of the head i'm horrible with names so no we don't uh so let's i in my head i think that this is like a um san francisco yeah big hero six world where yeah, it's like exactly. japanese adjacent right mm -hmm. but there's still american vibes so i i like having it what's another word for cruise mm. instead of terry terry boatsman <laughs> uh yeah no we gotta think of something else but we'll have it be terry boatsman uh no terry bogart terrence bogart <laughs> Terrence, but yeah, because Terry Bogard is the name of a character from SNK or whatever else. Sure. Terrence, Terrence Bogard. Uh, can, we'll call him the conductor Terrence Bogard. Mm -hmm. And then in universe two, they call him Terry Bogard. That'll be the yeah, big name. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And then the, we have the mentor character, we have the um, main character, and then we have the scientist. Mm -hmm. So do we have an idea for the main character's name? I'm so bad with names. So I so in the first episode I used um I used uh, the Japanese words for stuff to kind of give us a clue. So okay. um, for episode one, this was about it was about skiing. Spoiler alert. Cool. Um, so we named the main character Okiji Yamamoto because Yama means mountain, mm -hmm. and Okiji is the combination of um, Ijiwaru and Okoteru, which means bad person and angry. Because nice. this kid is like kind of like a bad guy or yeah, he's kind yeah. of like a dickhead. So 
I'm thinking, let's see. I think that since this guy is all about being by himself and looking out for number one, are you opposed with calling him Shinichi? Because Shin is supposed to be like bad or evil and Ichi is supposed to be for one. So he's kind of like a shitty guy that's kind of looking out for number one. I'm cool with that. I like it. So we'll say that he he's an orange-haired protagonist, kind of like the dude from Bleach, I guess. His name is Shinichi. <laughs> he doesn't have a last name because his whole thing is that he doesn't have any family. And then the scientist, we're going to call him Dr. Something. you have any ideas? Mm. I can't think of any good time puns. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, we got some puns. time. So... In Japanese, the word for world is Sekai. Okay. So, so is there any way that we call him Dr. Sekai? Or something along the lines of Dr. Sekai? Or, so let's look up other. Hmm. So hear me out. Mm-hmm. Japanese, the word for other in Japanese is Sono Hakono. Can we call him, can we call him Sekai Kano? So... It, when you look at the kanji for his name, it would actually spell out other word or other world. I like that. I think it's cool. Dr. Kano Sekai. That's not a bad name, actually. That's not, that I'm actually not actually cool. opposed to that. Um, so, oh, okay. Hear me out. This is the last time I'm going to say hear me out, I promise. <laughs> um, can it be a thing where people call this kid Shinichi because of the words we just described, but his real name, we find out his real name in the other universe is something else. Yeah. I like that. So what do you, what is his real name? Um, I'm so the wrong person to ask for that. <laughs> so, ha- so how that. about, even though it's Fran- um, San Francisco, mm-hmm. how about we give him an English name? Like, let's say he's half Japanese, half something. Okay. And his Nickname in his little Japanese community is Shinichi, but his real name is actually something else. How about mm-hmm. what about a Canadian name? What's like a nice Canadian name? Oh jeez, I'm trying to think. What is a good Canadian name? I'm looking up Canadian names right now. I don't know what makes something a specifically Canadian name and not just an American name, but colder. <laughs> this is a frid a frigid name. Yeah, hear me out. <laughs> Logan. Okay. I like that. So his real name in the other world is, we'll call him Logan. His, the prince name, the prince's name in the other universe is Prince Logan something. Let's think of, hmm. Let's see. Royalty names? Royalty <laughs> um, this is This is the half of the show is just going on Google. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that right now. Hmm. No, not the first name. How about Williams? Williams works, yeah. Prince Logan Williams. Sure. There you go. So, oh, and do you have, do you know the names of production studios in Japan? Um, or actually, I know names of a few. Yeah. I was going to say, like, so this is where in the last episode we kind of went into, like, what production studio would do this. I don't really have anything off the top of the dome. Um, do you have anything off the top of your head? Like, any um, design studio or, like, I like place the way you want everything by Trigger looks. Trigger? Okay, we had production IG for the last one. So it makes sense okay. that this one is Trigger. I like it. So, Johnny, 
we did it we did it good lord so the anime's title just for people that were kind of spaced out right now is called <laughs> the orange exchange the main character's name is his nickname is shinichi we find out when we go to the other world that his name is prince logan williams um our mentor figure is conductor terence bogard or in the other world his name is terry bogard <laughs> i think that's um, my favorite we are bit. definitely gonna be we are definitely gonna be sued by snk um and then our scientist character in the other world is dr kano sekai and here's the big kicker that i just thought of can it be that dr kano sekai is always named dr kano sekai in yeah, every universe in every that, universe that, that they the look same into and yeah. no one ever calls him anything different the constant Oh, okay. Can his middle name be Constance? Please? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Dr. Kano Constance Sakai. He is half British. We'll say that. Um, and yeah, and it is produ- produced by Studio Trigger. And our, I guess, what is the theme? The theme is personal Demons. responsibility. Yeah. I think that kind of covers it. And like, not just like ditching, like taking real responsibility for your actions and mm-hmm. instead of just saying fuck it i'm out to some other town or some other place uh i'm gonna make the world that we all live in as best as we possibly can while we're exactly here. so that is i think a good kind of wrap up to this mm-hmm. episode and yeah like you guys just witnessed i would like to say creative genius but <laughs> i would like to call it accidental creativity is i think the right way of, of putting yeah. it um and, and to be honest, I really, really like the show that we came up this with. This is cool. Yeah, honest. I like this. Yeah. So, Johnny, I know that you haven't listened to the first episode yet, um, mm-hmm. but the na- I think the Orange Exchange is much better than the name that we came up from for our first episode. Which was? Um, our first episode was about sporty skiing, and it was cool. called Loudish Slopes. Ooh, that sounds like something I would listen or watch. You like it? Okay, okay. Because I, I'm listening to the Orange Exchange. It sounds ridiculous, yeah. is why I'm saying. Oh, I'm, like it sounds really ridiculous, yeah. which is very my like ballpark. <laughs> oh, it is, dude. Matt Damon shows up, and you'll have to Man, listen to yeah. the first episode to get that I... context. So, gonna be honest, is... my Ooh. friends that I like mentioned to listen to this, if they are listening to this, odds are very good that they'll be surprised that I actually sat down and was like, let's come up with like a show that has like a good like moral compass and beginning middle and end and this whole story to it and not just some weird adult swim bullshit like i mean, <laughs> I mean if you listen to anything that nato and i talk about it is just adult swim bullshit so oh yeah believe I me it's if great. they want that mm-hmm. just listen back to any episode of april's anime I'm oh sure exactly we, yeah. we talk about that um but yeah dude thank you so much for coming on and thank you thank for, you for having me humoring super me cool yeah right like so what do you think as someone give me a mini review of how you felt during this show this is like our newest show added to the network we're trying to feel it out and see how it is what do you think as a guest yeah this was you didn't even tell me what it was gonna be until we were like in the voice call like i think in the text i was like just tell me whatever i need to talk about like if i should be you know watching some video of like like if you were like we're gonna do a retrospective on death note if i should be watching some video that's like death note in 20 minutes to like re-remind myself everything that happened or something <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i was like what what research do i have to do and you're like ah just show up we'll see what happens and i was initially a little worried because i was like oh i'm gonna look like an idiot aren't i <laughs> like, i'm gonna no, totally no, miss something not. but yeah um, it's super cool it's thanks man very fun to have the um like literally seeing the ball start to roll moment Mm -hmm. like there's a point when you were like okay and then in this alternate universe we have this scientist who's actually over here and i was like you know 22 minutes ago i was like what if they're all in mechs made out of bacon so (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting yeah. to see it all yeah. kind of wrapped together and to see like the full cutting floor. Yeah, yeah. Like, and for context, again, this is before the first episode has ever been released. So yeah. for context, in the first episode, the loudish slopes thing, the original idea that we had was th- a thumb wrestling tournament. Ooh. And it ended up being a super fun sports skiing anime. That's so again, awesome. That's what I love about this is that like we can just kind of come up with stuff on the spot and kind of crea- uh, creatively collaborate. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of my jam. I-, I love doing that. And I'm-, I'm glad that you had a good time because I had an awesome time. And I think the story is actually really, really sick. Yeah, so that's cool. I'm glad that we did this together. Yeah, so me Johnny, too. before we kind of end the show, do our little plugs and stuff, um, where can people find you? Where can people look out for you? Um, like, got any projects you're working on or? I don't specifically have like a project that I'm working on as much as it is just trying to consistently keep the output going on uh, whatever social media I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, main place would be Twitter, I would think. Twitter, Instagram. I'm posting more on Twitter in general just because that's like the way Twitter is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on there talking about Twitter is where you can follow me if you want everything. If you just kind of want art in your feed every couple days, then Instagram. So, so what all... what is your Instagram and what is your Twitter account? Everything I have is at Johnny Hayes, J-O-H-H-N-Y-H-A-Z-E. Nice. There you go. And besides being on this show, why don't you tell us a little bit about the other show that you were on, Super Throne Rock? When When can we hear those episodes? Uh, Super Throne Watch is every two weeks, every Wednesday. I sometimes show up. You should watch it regardless because it's very good. The most recent episode would have, as of the time we are recording this, just gone up two days ago. It is a Friday. Yep. yep. So yeah, that is the year in review with uh, Cool Greg from Kind of Funny, Emmett Watkins from I'm So Bad at Names, I'm So Sorry, Emmett, Please Forgive Me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then blessing he will so that was super and of fun course blessing yes yeah dude i was taking a little That's listen a to that episode, episode because i wanted to uh figure out the like how to edit the show together and mm-hmm. yeah that seems to be a banger of an episode you guys had i always love being on throne watch it's always so that was far and above the most like formal episode i've ever done of it where it was very mm-hmm. like trying to get across like clear criticism because it's mm-hmm. that instead of like you know, Roger and I bidding about some stupid thing because we're like, well, we didn't have that many albums come out this week, so I guess we're just going to talk about whatever 21 Savage's personal life is like. So, <laughs> but it still is go. very good. It's always fun. There you go. Well, I'm glad, man. I'm gotta, I gotta get back on the hip hop train, so I'm definitely going to be using that show as kind of my, my little slope into that world, I Perfect. guess. Perfect. Um, but yeah, so everyone follow Johnny, hit him up. Obviously, you can follow me at Ian Why Not on Twitter. You can follow the new A Plus Anime. Whoa, that just hit my mic and almost broke everything. That's fun. <laughs> um, so you can follow the new A Plus Anime Twitter account at A Plus Anime, A P L U S A N I M E. And of course, uh, if you have a minute, leave us a review on iTunes because we said at the beginning of the show we're doing this little fun uh, review goal thing. I want us to get 10 reviews. And uh, yeah, every time you review the show, you'll get it read on the show. So. Yeah, do that. That's a little incentive for y'all to do that. This show uh, does not exist yet, uh, so I cannot read any reviews related to this show, uh, but I will in the future, I promise. Um, Make sure to tag me if you make any fan art based off of this idea we had. Oh, yeah. So we were talking at the beginning of the show 
And we were talking since Johnny and I are both artists. We said, hey, if you have fan art for any of these characters, um, just hit us up. Yeah, at A Plus Anime on Twitter. And if you draw something cool or fun, let us know because we totally want to feature it on the new Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also, if you have any questions about the show uh, and you don't want to do Twitter, because I know not everybody is a huge Twitter person, you can hit us up at hello.aplusanime at gmail.com. That is hello, period, H E L L O, period, A P. L-U-S-A-N-I-M-E at gmail.com. So make sure to hit us up there as well. So this has been A Plus Anime Writer's Room. I am Ian. NATO is not here. He is at NATOJ18. I'll also follow him with You Game Bro and Distant Dungeoneers and everyone else at the 8-Bit Network. I hope that's everybody. Um, <laughs> and of course, that was Johnny Hayes. Johnny, thanks again so much for being here. I really Thank appreciate it. Thank you for it, having but... me. Always love it. So this is, will not be the only time you're here, I promise. We will have you Thank on you. A Plus Anime proper soon. So this is a little <laughs> little dip into the waters of the craziness that is dealing with me and NATO. Um, love it. But yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, and remember to love each other and watch some anime. And I will see you in another dimension. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Disclaimer, Ian and Nato are not writers. If any and all stories created on the show are bad, then it's not their fault. But if they are good, then they are copyrighted. Property of A Plus Anime Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. The year is 2019. The anime dynasty stands upon falling legs. An unbeatable anime show walks a path of death and destruction, ushering in a new regime. Hated and feared by other podcasts, they are known as A Plus Anime. As retribution for their deeds, they have taken an oath to protect the innocent and never watch Neo Yokio. But old memories fade and bad habits die hard. A Plus Anime, premiering February 4th, every two weeks on OK Beast.